Welcome to Hillside Community Church's weekly podcast. We're glad that you've chosen to listen to this week's message and hope that it ministers to you today. Hillside's located in Keller, Texas, and if you would like to know more about us or to listen to previous recordings, please visit us at yourhillside.com. And now this week's message. So I read this this week. Two factory workers are talking. The woman says, I can make the boss give me the day off. The man replies, well, how are you going to do that? The woman says, just wait and see. So she then hangs upside down from the ceiling. And the boss comes in and says, what are you doing? The woman replies, I'm a light bulb. The boss then says, well, you've been working so much that you've gone crazy. So I think you need to take the day off. So the man starts to follow her. And the boss says, where do you think you're going? The man says, I'm going home too. I can't work in the dark. (laughs) This month, what we're going to do together is spend some time thinking about how our invitation into God's kingdom is really a calling that affects all of our lives, although we're going to focus a little bit more on, on work. And it And it's possible that we're a little in the dark about our work. What it means uh, to integrate our faith in our work. And so we could shed a little light on that, perhaps. Uh, Dorothy Sayers wrote this, and you can maybe quabble with it a little bit, but she makes a good point. In nothing has the church so lost her hold on reality as in her failure to understand and respect the secular vocation. Speaking from the standpoint of a pastor, I can say it's probably an area I haven't focused on enough. Uh, With you guys, with our congregation as a whole. Uh, And basically what she's saying is this, and you could... If you're a pastor, you know there's a host of problems with the church. This is perhaps one. Uh, But the impact of what she's saying and what could potentially happen if we were who we we needed to be at work, she may have a great point here. But somehow she's saying Sunday feels more sacred than Monday through Friday. If Sunday feels more sacred then Monday through Friday, then we might be a little off. Someone calculated that if you came to Hillside for 40 years, from the time you were 25 to the time you were 65, you would spend somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,500 to 5,000 hours here. At our church, it would be about 5K because we go a little longer than other churches. So I round it up to 5K. Uh, But over that same 40 years, you'd probably spend somewhere in the neighborhood of 95,000 hours at work. And of course, here you can see the whole, this feels sacred. Well, if this feels sacred... And you spend all of your time here because this, and this sort of comes across as the 
feels like the secular part. That means clearly our kingdom call has very little effect for a vast majority of our life. If you think about it that way, you'd think, I don't think Jesus meant that what it, that following him only had to do with this sacred part. Because that would exclude a major part of our lives. Uh, Dallas Willard talks about a job discipleship. There's a job discipleship. And uh, that's what I want us to tease out a little bit. What that means and what that looks like. Because this distinction is definitely not in alignment with Jesus' invitation and calling on our lives in the kingdom as men. Now, when we talk about calling, I want to give you uh, the best definition that I found. Uh, and it's by Oz Guinness. And there's a couple parts of it that it just I just love it. So listen to this. God calls us to himself so decisively that everything we are, everything we do, and everything we have is invested with a special devotion and dynamism. It's lived out as a response to his summons and his service. Just read that again to yourself. So decisive, everything we do, everything we are, everything we have is invested with a special devotion. So immediately, that takes away this idea that there's a part of our lives that's sacred and then there's a part of our lives that's not. And as men, we're, we, we compartmentalize very easily. We got this part of our lives, that part of our lives. It's very easy to do that. And so this is probably not far off the mark of reality when we wake up Monday morning after, after being at church on Sunday. And what he's saying is that Jesus' Jesus's call on our life intersects at every single point of our life. So I want to look at one text with you and uh, sort of tease this out a little bit as it relates to work. Of course, you know, you've got your home life. And for a guy, we, 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 we could get thrown off by all the We've got a home. We've got, of course, a personal life. We've got your church life. You've got your work life. We're focusing on work life. But you think about it, you're going to put a whole lot of hours there. You're going to put a whole lot of time there. And look what Paul says. And of course, we take this, this passage in Ephesians and Colossians. It talks about slaves, and we apply it, I think, appropriately to employment, although there's some differences. Employees aren't necessarily slaves, although some of us would think we are at times. But I doubt very seriously we come in we're close to this. So here's what he says. So just apply this to your workplace. He says, in all these things, obey those who are your masters on earth. Not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. So he's already going to make some contrasting here 
And you're going to see this term repeated, and I'll show you why in just a second. Masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart. So all of a sudden, even in this text here, and here's the context of this. Paul is saying that you have put on a a brand new self. You have put on a brand new self. That means your relationship to everything has completely changed. Your position, everything, and who you are now supersedes your circumstances. Even in a context like this, I mean, in a context like this, you might say, well, if I'm a Christian, do I have to be a slave? You could go into all kinds of uh, discussion about, is this right or is that... If that's your circumstances, who you are in Christ gives you a way to handle them and how to approach them. So even in that context. So you have, essentially, a new master. And you're supposed to, you're motivated by something completely different. It isn't pleasing men, and there is a sincerity of heart, and it's the Lord that you fear. So it's not men in, in, the, in the actual text. It's just talking about the Lord versus human. Men pleasers. It's either the Lord or humans. And then he goes on to say, and here's your memory verse for the week. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Same, same concept. This word here is soul. Out of your soul, literally. And so here's what Paul is basically saying. You have a whole new life force from the deepest part of you. A whole new life force driving how you relate at work. Of course, all your life. But it can't be, it can't be separated from your work life. So you have a whole new inner self. Of course, there's the danger that you're lacking. You know, you, you get to work, you lack personal motivation. We all, all do. We lack personal motivation at times. Work becomes a drudgery. Uh, you do as little as possible. Uh, you... Uh, you become, you know that little switch you've turned off, you've just completely disconnected from this place and you're going through motions. That's the feeling. We, we can all have that at work at times. And Paul is saying in this text here, we're not doing it for external purposes. We're not trying to catch anybody's eye. We don't do it for men. We do it out of a sincerity of heart. It's God we fear. I mean, Paul's literally saying, you have a completely new boss. You, you don't even approach work the same way. You don't even approach work the same way. Even if the circumstances are not your favor, this has little to do with whether you have found the job of your life and whether you're working it now or looking to the perfect job. Very few of us find the perfect job. So even in those circumstances, Paul is saying you have a new master. Not only do you have a new master or a, uh, a, a new inside, internally new, knowing that from the Lord, here's <laughs> knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of, the in, of your inheritance, 
It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Here's this phrase repeated over and over again. And Paul is just simply linking what he started with the whole book and what Colossians is all about, which is about the cosmic lordship of Christ. He's over everything. He is in charge of everything. And even so, to the degree that I don't just view him as sort of in charge of the universe from heaven, I actually go to work thinking, that's who I'm working for. That's who I'm working for. So not only do I have a new inner life force driving who I am, I have a completely new authority I'm trying to please. The whole new perspective on work. And you think about that for a second. The Lord is my boss. He's the one dictating how I operate at my job. How I interact with vendors. How I do my job. The kind of person I am on the job. Everything about that. And we're going to see what it is God has in mind that as we tease it out, especially next week. But that means this, Christians. And if you have conversations with the guys, and I bet we've all had these conversations, has these things ever come out of your mouth before? And it doesn't mean you don't have bad days. It doesn't mean you don't have times when work. But the general overall perspective, just even in the last couple of weeks preparing for this talk, I've heard men say in just brief conversation, things like, I just do my job and get out of there. I don't care what anyone here thinks of me. It's just a paycheck. I'm biding my time till something better comes along. I stick it to the I stick it to the man anytime I can. See, there's a perspectives that they come nowhere close to describing what. what God has called us to be. I did a funeral six months ago. The guy used to attend Hillside and serve here. Uh, he served here for many years. I never knew him really outside of church. I only knew him here. Uh, he got sick a couple years ago and disappeared from Hillside. And uh, he was a... He got... Really, really sick. Diagnosed and told he wasn't going to live. He's only had a couple months to live. And so his wife called me. Said, you know, his name and said, would you, would you come sit with him? So I went and sat by his bedside, talked to him for a little while, prayed with him. His circumstances were dire and I knew that. He knew that. But he seemed to have a kind of faith that that was significant. And I, I was, like, taken aback by it a little bit. Pretty, pretty awesome, because I can tell this is not good. Well, he died a couple months after that. And uh, they, she asked me if I'd do the funeral. So, so I, I show up at the funeral home. And I meet his three kids. I had never met them. 
And uh, when I got up, I introduced myself just like this in front of a crowd of literally about 20 people. And, uh, And I told them how I knew this guy. Served in our church. And I said, so I've known him. I was trying to connect to a group of people I didn't know to a connection I've known with him, but for the last couple of years, I haven't known him. So I was trying to make it as personal as I could. So I get finished and his son gets up to eulogize him and struggled to say anything good. And then actually... I'm sitting literally right here. He says, I think you all know my dad was an ass. And that's the that's about the worst thing I've heard at a funeral. That's just really close. Literally said that to this crowd of 20 people. After I just tried to make him look pretty decent. Then goes on to describe why. And out here were about 12 of the 20, maybe 14, 15 of the 20 were co-workers. So this thing ends and I got to get up and wrap this up. And I'm like, well, I, I look like a complete idiot. And the funeral ends and we go into the lobby and I'm sort of the last one out. Because of this, you know things going on inside. I come out in the lobby and everyone has gathered and people who didn't get a chance to share just started sharing and people stood around and the the son and two daughters started to talk about him a little bit more and then uh, then the co-workers started to talk and uh, and they all concurred that to work with him they said he was a good boss strong leader Um, if he was on your side you were really thrilled Um, but they all said he was hard he would blow up and he was foul and a co-worker actually looked at me standing in this lobby group now and said I'm glad you said something about him that I never knew and I'm standing there going (laughs) I felt like a complete, I, I didn't even know what to feel. All I can tell you is I didn't stand there very long. I slowly slipped out and let them continue and then I left. And I thought, somewhere, somewhere in his thinking, there was a Sunday life, but Monday through Friday at work, he was a different person. And what I would like to see us do, and I'll really give you a vision for this next week, is, is to radically change what that looks and feels like as men who follow Christ. Not just hillsiders, but men who follow Christ. Um, you know, Every once in a while, a man will 
come in my office, and not as much anymore, but I still interact with guys who just sort of get uh, sideways a little bit spiritually. It's become such a small part of their life. It doesn't, it's not integrated into their, their the, the great part of their hours of their routine. And they get off track a little bit. And usually I'll say, I mean, you know, I want to know what wakes you up in the morning. I want to know what drives you. And I'll, if, if I got to go right down to the bottom line basics, I'll usually tell I'll usually ask a guy, does, does the kingdom mindset drive you at work? And then I also, church, tell me what you're doing. Tell me what you're doing for the, for your community church community, you know, because I think a guy ought to ask two questions. Am I bringing, am I bringing God's blessings and values, kingdom blessing and values to my work? And do I care that my church flourishes? You ought to ask those two questions. Now it might look different. You might have seasons in your life where you can do more than other times, but you ought to ask, how am I helping my church flourish And how am I bringing God's kingdom blessings and values at work? If you're doing that, you're on an adventure. It'll be a whole lot harder to get bored. It'll be a whole lot harder to fall into the uh, incredible ethical dilemmas that occur at work. There'll be a little bit more of an adventure because you get a guy who's bored, who's a little off on his purpose, and he's vulnerable. He's just vulnerable. You gotta get in that truck every day, put on that belt, or sit behind that desk with far more purpose than that. And I want to—I definitely want to envision you uh, to do that. Um, you got little pink spoons on your table right now. I went to Baskin Robbins and got five hundred of those little babies. Because I kind of want it to become a little bit of a visual for the rest of this week. Because I think, you know, they sort of were the first ones that did the taste test. You know, that little pink spoon. And it's, it's just an, it's iconic, that image. And I think there is a way, when we go to work, we can bring a little bit of the foretaste of the blessings and values of the kingdom of God to how we do things, how we interact with people, and the kinds of things that matter to us. And, of course, I'll spend most of, our, most of the time next week talking to you about what it is we're, 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 we're giving as a taste. What does it look like? The first thing you've got to wrap your mind around is God is my boss. And just wrap your head around that. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you like what you do or not. I don't care if it's a stepping stone. God is my boss. And I ultimately serve him. And then on top of that, that I might be able to bring something of his kingdom to that place. There's a whole dimension that we need to spend time. A little taste of the kingdom to the people around me, to the kind of work I do. Uh, I will tell you this as I close this up for today. Uh, I know the workplace can be tough. I had jobs before I came to Hillside, so not as long as you guys. 
And I know the workplace can be very, very difficult. I had a guy on a truck that I used to drive who owned the truck that I drive. He was the prop guy on the on the TV show. He owned it. Had voodoo dolls in the truck. And if he didn't like you, he made a voodoo doll of you. And then whenever you walked by the truck, he would pick up your voodoo doll and stick a needle in it. You know? And I'm on the back of that truck. And I've... I've, I know there's sick people you got to work with. And you've got all kinds, it's just fraught with all kinds of issues. I'm aware of that. But I want to tell you, one of the things I really do miss, I really do miss what I would consider an absolute privilege of going to work with and working with people every day who, who, who do not know God. That is something I miss. I'm just getting a taste of it back in another area of my life right now. But that is something I miss. It is so easy to look different at your workplace. It is... I don't mean there's not hard things. I just mean it takes very little for you to stand out from the group and the crowd. I want to challenge you to do that. I want to show you what that looks like next week. What I want you to do at your tables now is we go back. I want you to think about what it is you do. Share with the men what you do. Get that out quick. Don't, don't, don't linger. Just say what you do. It may or may not be your favorite thing. And then ask yourself, how do your coworkers see you? How do you view... Do you view your vocation as a sacred activity? Because that's essentially what Paul is saying. Start to reflect on ways you could be more influential at work. And then maybe if you get to it, you may not. But just ponder this. What would your co-worker say at your funeral? If we were gathered in the lobby. Would they even know you have a Sunday life? Will they even know you have a Lord beyond this one? Beyond just your work environment? That's my challenge to you, to get your mind around that. And next week we'll talk a little bit more about what might be on in that taste, kind of foretaste of the kingdom can you bring to your job. You look around this room right now, we probably represent all different kind of sectors of society. I mean, if every man could stand up right now and tell you what he does for a living, we'd say, wow, we got guys with skilled hands over here. We got guys with great minds. We got guys who lead lots of people. We got some people who are just, they don't lead anyone. They're a little bit sort of lower in the reality. But they, but they're good workers. And they, they go to work every day. And some of you have all, all different kinds of things. Different companies, different leaders, different people, different that you interact with. If every one of us were seeing God as our boss and brought some of that to the kingdom, not only would they see Christ, 
Not only would they be given something that would make them say, oh, is that what it means to be honored? Because that's what it means to give a taste of the kingdom. You want a taste of that right there? Because there's a whole lot more where that came from. There's a whole lot more where that came from. You want to know what life in the kingdom is like? You want a taste of this? Taste this, because you're going to want more. You're going to want more. What if we brought that to our workplaces? It would... I don't even have words for the impact. But that's what I want to challenge you guys to do. So, Father, as we just get our minds around this area of our lives, there's probably some guys in here would say, I've not even been close to that. I just pray you orient our minds and hearts around Paul's very, very powerful words about seeing Christ as our boss, our Lord. Something from the inside driving us completely different. New authority in our lives. Give us a vision in here, Lord, over the next few weeks. For how we can bring any kind of blessing or value to, of your kingdom to, to the people and to the to the jobs that we do. Uh, go with us now, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.